So maybe some of you recognize the name Florence Chadwick. Maybe you know who that is. Maybe you have no idea who that person is. She was a famous American swimmer that was the very first woman to ever swim the English Channel both ways. Maybe that's refreshing some memory for some of you. I don't know. Knowing that she also swam the English Channel, she also, what she also attempted to do was she attempted to swim from Catalina Island all the way to the coastline of California. What made her attempt especially newsworthy was the reason she wasn't able to finish that swim, the reason that she wasn't able to make it to the shore. Now, the reason it wasn't what we might thought it was, it wasn't because of the cold water of the Pacific. It wasn't because of muscle cramps. It wasn't even because of a shark or maybe her swimming through a school of jellyfish. It wasn't even the exhaustion of 16 hours of swimming. The reason was because of the fog. The fog rolled in and she wasn't able to see the coastline. She wasn't able to see the shore. And because of that, she quit. When she climbed into the boat, she was informed that she was actually less than one mile away from the shore. And if she would have just known how close she was, she would have persevered if she could have seen through the fog. And she would have made it. Here's the way she explained it afterwards. She said this. She said, if the fog hadn't been there and I could have seen the land, I would have made it. But the fog was there. See, the fog rolled in and in her mind, she lost perspective of where she was. She lost her confidence because of that. And the fog rolled in and it brought with it, as fog often does, it brought doubts and fears and insecurities. And the fog distorted her thinking. And she could no longer see the way forward to the shore. It feels like that's probably what's happened to many of us in our life, right? Like the fog has rolled in in our life and we can no longer see the way forward. It feels like that's probably what's happened to many of us, right? Like the fog has rolled in and we can no longer see the shore. We can no longer see through it or we can no longer see our destination. What was clear doesn't seem so clear anymore. And part of what makes it so challenging is that many of us were already dealing with fog in our life when more fog or maybe heavy fog rolled in even more. I'm sure we've had moments where we feel like just maybe at least emotionally, we, have, we feel like just kind of just giving up for this season that we may be in. So here's the question that I want us to think through here today. What do you do when the fog rolls in? Like, what do you do? How do you respond to when the fog rolls in. I think sometimes what we do is, as if we've been swimming, we don't think we can swim anymore, so we just get back into the boat, and then we blame the fog because of it. 
It wasn't my fault. It was the fog. So I'm quitting. I can't control the fog. And we find ourselves thinking as we climb back in the, po- in the boat, this just isn't my fault. We feel angry and frustrated because this isn't how it's supposed to go in life. What happens is the fog rolls in and we stop living in victory. And we get better at becoming and acting and living like a victim. So when the fog rolls in, here's what it looks like to become a victim as we give up. And maybe one of these, maybe more than one of these, apply to you. One way it looks like is a victim whines and complains. They focus on what's wrong and they keep this running list, this running tally of of what's not fair. So a victim whines and they complain a lot. Another thing that we do as victim is that we blame and we criticize. Victims will blame God. Right? Why did he let this happen to me? Why doesn't he do something to change it when I know he can? They will criticize whoever they can, right? They, they will even start blaming their own DNA, right? It's not my fault, it's my parents' fault. Or it's my grandparents' fault. Or it's my siblings' fault. Here's what happens, right? Soon the whining and the blaming and the criticizing and the complaining it all has a way of turning into anxiety and anger. Don't you think this is where we're at right now as a world and as a society and as a culture? There just seems to be a lot of this right now floating around. We're anxious because we're surrounded by things we can't control. We're surrounded by fog and we don't know what's in the fog. We can't see our way through it. We can't see it, so we feel vulnerable. We feel powerless. And that tends to make us anxious or even angry. That's what a victim looks like. So when we turn to John 14, Jesus knows that the fog is going to come in on his followers. So we're reading and we're learning about this final discourse of Jesus. He knows he doesn't have much time left. In fact, by the time we read this passage, Judas has already left to go betray Jesus. And in this time, as we're reading it, it's in a matter of hours, he's going to be arrested. But here in John 14, Jesus isn't thinking about himself. His mind is on his closest followers. And he wants to prepare them for the fog that will be rolling in. He wants them to know what to do when it does roll in. He doesn't want them to be victims. He wants them to have victory. See, they have this mission. And Jesus doesn't want them to give up on that mission and get back into the boat. So even though he's leaving, he wants to make sure that they know to keep their eyes fixed on him. So we're looking at the next passage of this discourse that begins in John 14. And we're picking it up where we left off last week. And we're picking it up in verse 7. And this is what we read. 
if you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, well, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? So Philip, really, in this moment, what he is saying is, well, you know what will really help us in all this, Jesus? You're breaking a lot of news for us. And we're trying to process. You know what will really help in the moment? Is if we could actually see God. If we can see God, then we can put everything into perspective and this will help us move forward. Philip is essentially saying, look, you want us to have faith. You want us to have faith in the midst of everything that's going on. You want us to have faith to deal with what's about to come our way. Then let us see God. And Jesus responds to that question. What do you think you've been doing the last three years, Philip. That's what you've been doing. You've been seeing God because you've seen me. So again, he says, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How then can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? See, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Jesus is saying here, saying, remember, Philip. He's like, Philip, remember what I've said to you. Remember what you've seen. Remember what I've done. Remember the evidence. Remember what you've seen with your own eyes. He's telling his followers that when the fog rolls in, and it's going to roll in, believe in me, he says. In the middle of the fog, don't lose your faith. Keep your eyes focused on me and keep swimming. Keep moving forward. See, when the fog rolls in, that's how followers of Jesus respond. At least that's how we're supposed to respond. So we don't lose perspective. We don't panic. Jesus is saying to Philip, first, remember the words I've spoken. In the middle of the fog, stop and listen for his voice. Jesus was constantly reassuring his followers of his identity. And we've seen that already at the very beginning of John 14. Reminding and reassuring that he is God. And then the Gospel of John, John, what John actually does is he records seven statements that Jesus makes about his identity. And I want to talk about these just for a minute. So we're starting from John 14. But John records these statements known as the I am statements. And up to this point in chapter 14, Jesus has already spoken six out of those seven. And we're going to save the seventh one, and we're going to look at the seventh one in a number of weeks. 
Some of you may remember from the Old Testament that when God told Moses his name, God said, my name is I am. When the Israelites ask, well, who sent you? Say, I am sent you. So in Judaism, since, since then, the words I am were understood to be a name of God. That means that every time, every single time, Jesus makes one of these I am statements, it's, it's a not so subtle claim of him saying, I'm God. Each of these statements makes it clear not only that Jesus is God, but that because that's who he is, it has profound implications for our lives. So each of these statements tell us who Jesus is and what it means for us when the fog rolls in. The first one that shows up is in John 6. The people there are hungry and they are wanting Jesus to provide food for them supernaturally. In fact, he's already done it once for the exact same crowd. And in this, and in this conversation, he says, I am the bread of life. Do you remember that, Philip? You were there. Do you remember those words? You remember when Jesus spoke those words? He describes himself as the bread of life that would satisfy their souls. So, remember this, because in the fog, there will be times when you will find yourself asking yourself, now who's going to provide for me today? And Jesus says, I am. I am the bread of life. The second statement comes in John 8, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. This statement that Jesus makes comes um, just before he actually heals a man who was born blind. This man's whole life had been darkness, and then Jesus comes, and as the light, he gives light. You remember that, Philip? So, you remember that when the darkness surrounds, remember that Jesus is the light. In the middle of the fog, when you find yourself asking, who's going to show me the way? Who's going to light the way forward when there doesn't seem to be a way forward? And Jesus says, I am. <laughs> I am the light. Another statement that comes in John 10 is when Jesus says, I am the door. He's explaining that no one can enter the kingdom of heaven on their own merit. He says, I am the door that you must go through. So remember that. When you get turned around in the fog and you've lost your way and you find yourself asking, who's going to get me out of here? Again, Jesus stands up and says, I am. Remember, I am the door. The fourth statement comes in John 10 as well. And Jesus here says, I am the good shepherd. So remember those words, Philip. When you, find yourself, when you find yourself asking, who's going to protect me? Who's going to watch over me? Jesus says, again, I am. Remember, I am the good shepherd. The fifth statement comes in John 11, and Jesus makes this statement just before raising Lazarus from the dead. So I'm sure Philip remembers that scene. Like, who wouldn't, right? And Jesus in that moment says, I am the resurrection and the life. So you remember that as well. 
when it seems that Jesus is just too late to make any type of a difference in your life, when it feels like all hope is lost, when you find yourself asking, who's going to fix this? It seems unfixable. Who can possibly bring life back to this? And again, you find Jesus saying, I am. Remember, I am the resurrection and the life. The other statement that was made was just moments before where this passage we're studying in verse 6. And we actually looked at it last week where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is saying, I am the only way out of the fog of sin. I am the only way out of disappointment and defeat. I am the only way out of the trouble of this world. So when you find yourself surrounded by fog, just take a breath, Philip, and remember who Jesus is. Remember the words that Jesus has spoken about himself. Remember what he has promised. Remember what you've heard me say. And he says, remember what you've heard me do as well. So here's what the Gospel of John does. John helps us to know Jesus by giving us these seven I am statements about his identity. He also helps us believe in Jesus by recording seven signs, seven evidences to give us faith and belief. And let me just touch on seven and touch on these signs quickly. First one was, Uh, when Jesus turned water into wine. Remember this, that Jesus has power over small things, that Jesus cares about the little things. That's why Peter said, cast all of your anxiety, all of your cares upon God because he cares for you. We have it recorded that Jesus healed an official's son. This shows us that Jesus has power over distance. Remember, the son isn't actually presently there. He is miles away when Jesus speaks healing over the son. Another sign, another piece of evidence is that he healed a man who was paralyzed for 38 years. And remember, and this shows us that Jesus has power over time. That there's nothing so done that Jesus can't undo it. We also read and we find another piece of evidence that he fed the 5,000. And this reminds us and shows us that Jesus has power over our daily needs. Another sign is that he walked on water. So again, remember that. And it shows us that Jesus has power over nature and the physical world. He healed a blind man. This reminds us and shows us that Jesus has power over the human body. Another sign, another piece of evidence is that he raised Lazarus from the dead. And again, this reminds us, this shows us that Jesus has power over life and death. So, in the fog, when you're surrounded by this fog as it rolls in, remember these things. Remember what Jesus first of all, has said. Remember what he has said about who he is. But also, remember what Jesus has done as well. Remember these signs, these 
miracles, uh, these things that he has done. When you see, when you can't see a way forward, you look back and you meditate on these words of Jesus. So here's what I want us to do for the rest of our time here today. I want us to use just a simple acronym that will help us in our daily lives throughout our week and hopefully beyond, that you remember this acronym and apply it more than just this coming week, but for weeks and months and years to come. It's going to be an easy acronym for us just to remember because there's just something about fog, right? And we can a little bit understand a little bit about that living here in the valley, right? We can understand a little bit about that. You know, the troubles of life that cause us just to be disoriented, that can create panic and can leave us feeling defeated in our life. We don't want to be victims. We weren't made, we aren't called to be victims, but we want to be victorious. That's our life. That's the path that God has set, a, set forth, a path of victory, not a path of victimhood. So I want us to use the word FOG to give us this acronym to help us remember what to do when we are surrounded by the fog of life. First one is this. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Focus on what Jesus has said and what Jesus has done. Hebrews 12 reminds us about this. It says that we run the race marked out for us with perseverance. By what? By fixing our eyes on Jesus. We focus on him. And one of the great encouragements to me as a pastor is to watch the way so many of you have done this. How you have been able to keep focused on God during difficult times whether it's with an unexpected diagnosis and how you just stayed focused on him or declining health. And there's not just much you can do. There's just your health is declining and you focused on him when you've lost a loved one and how in the moments and in that season, how you focused on him during those difficult times. I've seen as you've done that, I've seen you actually move forward. With faith. When you're in the fog, focus on Jesus. The next part of the acronym is offer thanks. That we offer thanks. Gratitude has this amazing power to cut through the fog. Thanksgiving and gratitude should be our natural response when we're listening to Jesus telling us about who he is, right? When we're reading John 14, about Jesus reassuring us, it should move us from anxiety to thanksgiving. So we've been studying this passage these past number of weeks, and there's so much to already be thankful for in these first few verses. You know, that Jesus made a way when there was no way. That he's going to prepare a place for us. That there's actually a room that he has saved for you in his father's house. And as we read these things, our hearts begin, or at least they should begin, 
to fill with gratitude. We can easily let our hearts and minds be overtaken by the fog, right? By the troubles of this world, by the stresses that we encounter. There's constant uncertainties. There's very real struggles that we deal with. But as followers of Jesus, we see through all that, right? As followers of Jesus, we should be known by our defiant spirit of joy and peace. That all comes from a grateful heart. But you've got to fight for it. You've got to be intentional about that. We are not the people who panic in the fog. We are supposed to be known as the people who praise God when the fog rolls in and we don't sink. And we just keep swimming. And we keep moving forward. Listen. We have tremendous opportunity to let our light shine in the current context of our culture and our society. We do. This is not the time to let the fog frustrate us. This is the time for us to worship God with grateful hearts. So as fog rolls in, for us to move forward, we're using the word fog as our acronym to remind us and to help us respond and, and what to do in the midst of it. The first thing is we need to focus on Jesus. Focus on what he has said. Focus on what he has done. The next thing we need to do in the midst of this fog is offer thanks. That we should have this natural response of gratitude and our hearts should be filled with joy and peace and gratitude. The last thing that we, need to re- that we need to remind ourselves is this. We need to get perspective. We need to get perspective. Jesus is talking with his followers about heaven here, right? We talked about that. He's helping them see what's on the other side of the fog. And I love, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, coming from the message translation. Listen to this. This is what he says. He says, we don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly, just as he knows us. I get it. I get it. There's not much we can see, right? It feels a lot of times, right? Like how it's explained there. It feels more like us just squinting through the fog, right? We're trying to see what's ahead. Think about when you're driving through fog, right? You're trying to see what's ahead so you can maneuver properly and safely and get through it. But it's a struggle. It's a struggle, isn't it? But the reassuring thing here, what we're reading, what we read there in 1 Corinthians, what we're already seeing in John 14 is it won't be long until the weather is clear and the sun shines bright. And for some of you, this is what you need to hear today. This is the confidence that we actually have in Jesus. The day is coming 
when he will make all things new and right. So you keep perspective. Know your destination. Know what's on the other side of the fog. It is your place that's been prepared for you, waiting for you to come home and reside in the Father's house. We need to keep perspective. See, I don't know what's coming next. At times, I really wish I did. I don't know what changes or struggles that we might face as an individual or as a church body. But there will be more fog and more storms ahead. Worst case scenario, this life is a difficult road trip and it won't last long. And it's leading us to an eternal destination. So get your perspective by remembering what's on the other side of the fog. Remember Florence Chadwick? Talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the sermon. Remember she attempted to swim from Catalina Island to the, to the shore and the coastline of California. But the fog had rolled in and she couldn't see the land. And because of that, because she couldn't see through it, she didn't feel she could make her way through it, so she quit. She gave up. She got into the boat. But two months later, she made another attempt. And again, the fog rolled in. And again, it was heavy. And again, because of that, she couldn't see the coastline. She couldn't see through the fog at all. But this time was different. This time she actually finished the swim, and got to the shore. So what was the difference from this time than the previous time two months earlier? This time, she was actually prepared for the fog. This time, she actually what she did is she kept a mental image of the shoreline, and she focused on that. She kept her perspective. When the fog rolled in, she had perspective she knew her destination and what was on the other side of the fog. And because of that, and because she kept perspective, she refused to give up this time. And I love the image of that. I love that image. She's seeing through the fog. And with faith, she keeps moving forward. Why? Because she knows what's on the other side. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this journey that we're on. It's a journey that we know is full of trouble. It's full of storms. It's full of difficulties. We know of this, this image of, of the fog rolling in. And when fog rolls in in our life, we get disoriented. We lose confidence. We lose our way. And we just stop. And we give up because we can't see any further ahead. Lord, I pray that as we've looked at this passage, it's a reminder that when the fog does, it's not if, but it will happen. And it, and it definitely will continue to happen in our life. That we, like Florence, that we, we become prepared for when that fog comes in. That we can see through the fog. That when the fog rolls in on us, Lord, that we can... Focus on Jesus. Remember what he has said. Remember 
who he has claimed to be. Remember what he has done. But as we focus on Jesus, Lord, that we also need to offer thanks as well. That that needs to be our natural response, that, our, that we should have this defiant spirit of joy and peace in the midst of difficulty. Lord, that we will have hearts that are full of gratitude. And also in the midst of the fog, Lord, that we'll keep our perspective. That we will be reminded of what's on the other side of the fog. That we'll keep our destination in perspective. Our home isn't here on earth. We are citizens of heaven. And that needs to be our perspective. And because that we can do all that, Lord, that we'll be able to move forward and see through the fog. Allow us to, in the midst of the fog, shine a light so other people can see that as well. Help us with this, Lord. It's, it's hard. It's not easy. Help us with this as we walk through the fog and, and count on you to just allow us to move forward in the midst of it. We pray this in your name. Amen.